Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spirit Cast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, astrology, tarot, Reiki, meditation, anything in that realm. Today's episode, we have another awesome guest. Her name is Stephanie, and she's here to chat about nature and art and magic and all things related to like spirituality and its connection with the nature and with the body, among other topics. Um, it was a really fun episode, and uh, we always enjoy talking to Stephanie. She's just this magical, like, I think she, I think of her as, as like a forest being, you know? <laughs> Otherworldly. Other yeah, like if she was like, hey guys, um, I've been lying this whole time. I'm actually from the other world. I would be like, yeah, totally. I, I can totally. <laughs> Makes sense. We, we get it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Her connection to nature is just like so awesome um and we we go in a lot in this episode about um just being a part of this world you Uh know like we have bodies and we are nature as well yeah and um she's also an artist uh so she ties in her art into her spirituality i feel yeah um and she speaking of that she has an art show that is all about connecting to nature. And that show is November 11th. Yes, at the Redfish Bowl in Lawrenceville. So if you would like to come hang out and look at some cool art, buy some art, come hang out on November 11th with us. We'll be there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think this was a very inspiring episode to listen to. Um, I can't uh, say enough how awesome Stephanie is. And how uh, grateful that we are to have her friendships. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how the universe connects you with people. And I feel like every single person that we've met recently have all been, like, amazing. So, yeah. grateful. Grateful for you, Steph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to tell them where they can find us at before we get into the episode. Okay. So, you can follow us over on X, formerly known as Twitter, at edpro underscore pgh. We still do tweet a lot. You can follow us on Instagram, Tumblr, Threads, TikTok, Facebook, at Etta Arlene. You can go over to YouTube where we post Rake Infused videos almost every single day. Go like and subscribe and get the juice. And if you like what we do and would like to support us, become a patron and consider donating. Thank you to everybody who has. We appreciate you. And also, if you like this podcast and would like us to get more listeners and help us out, leave us a review. Leave it on whatever platform you're on, Spotify, Apple, whatever. We appreciate it. And you can go to our website, edarlene.com slash Reiki. Sign up for our email list to get free Reiki on the first of every month. All right, let's get into the episode. Okay. We just want to take a quick moment to invite everyone listening to check out our shop at edarlene.com. If you like what we do, it is one of the easiest ways to support us. Plus, you will get our awesome handcrafted 100% vegan soy candles, our prints, books, oracle cards, and book a Reiki session. All of this can be found at edarlene.com and linked in the show notes. We are back with Stephanie Delson Yor. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks um, for having me. 
Yes, yes. So Stephanie's an artist and she's a mystic. And do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, so I am riding through this life trying to figure it out every day. <laughs> um, and I actually met you at um, Redfish Bowl Studios because we were both applying for the same artist residency. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been I've been an artist. Well, I've always been really into art. So that's probably like my biggest way that I identify is as an artist. Um, well, so I would say my spiritual journey, I grew up Christian, eventually like realized that it wasn't doing anything for me. It didn't it didn't resonate with me. It didn't make sense to me. Um, and then uh, had kind of a journey figuring out like what I believe instead. I considered myself atheist for a hot minute and then um, quickly went into learned what agnostic was um, and then eventually uh, that morphed into more of a spirituality with more of like um, actual genuine understanding um, attached to it rather than just not really knowing what I believed Um, and I think that that is so that that kind of goes hand in hand I think with identifying as an artist. I remember talking to you before Mm -hmm. about how, um, like, I've personally observed, just, like, in the art world in general, that artists tend to be more open to spiritual concepts and mystic things, and um, I've noticed a lot of almost magical moments through art, Um, and so... Yeah, that's a big, big part of my journey and who I am and why I'm here. (laughs) You know, it's funny you brought that up because um, I had a reading done with Adam at the Menagerie, and he was talking to me about the importance of art and spirituality, and he said that if you notice, there's a lot of beings, like deities, whatever, archetype, um, that are overseeing the arts. And he said there's a lot of them doing it for a reason. And he said that should be a hint at how important it is for humanity. And I always think about that and like how it is intertwined. And we often like discount that, you know, that connection. And it's because of our society, you know, oh, you're an artist, you don't know anything. Yeah. (laughs) But like they, but we are like helping the soul. Like what's the point of being alive if you don't have art? you know, music, dance, Beauty, yeah. yeah, what's the point, but you have an art show coming up, oh yes, I do, at Redfish Bowl Studios, um, it's called Connecting with Nature, and um, I came up with the idea for this show when I was doing nature walks every morning, which with my new job recently, I haven't had time to start my day that way, which is pretty sad, but um, I think that it's almost fitting though that like what the the timing of this art show happening is kind of helping me stay connected with nature as I go through the current shift of my life um so like towards the end of all my my daily times in the woods um I I started taking all these pictures I do a lot of barefoot nature walks Mm -hmm. um and that's supposed to be a very grounding exercise your feet connect directly with the earth and so that's very powerful grounding 
And um, there's also some, I think, science even behind it between the polarities in the earth and in your bodies and how the, I think, I forget which is positive and which is mm-hmm. negative. I want to say that we have more of a positive polarity and the okay. earth has more of a negative polarity. But, I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. So coming into direct contact with the earth helps keep your polarities more balanced in your body okay um so there's lots of benefits for doing uh, barefoot nature walks but it also just helps you get more connected with the earth and i mean i've been doing it for a few years now and i've noticed how you know when you start out you you hurt yourself a lot <laughs> you know okay. you there's a learning curve um you'll step on rocks and sticks and like ow and then eventually you i don't i don't know if it's I think what I've noticed more than all of the skills I've built from doing that is actually just more of an intuition and a confidence for doing it Mm. and being able to just like put your foot down and not question where you're going to put your foot down. Um, But even like besides the intuition part of it, you also get like a little bit more of a uh, dexterity for it, like some better reaction time. If you do start to feel that you're going to step on something sharp, your body reacts quicker and like mm. removes your foot from the sharp object before you put all wow. your weight on it. Interesting. So like yeah. reflexes. Um, but yeah, intuition for sure. Like I don't even, I don't even find myself about to step on sharp things as often as when I wow. started out. Um, so, so anyway, one day, one morning I was doing my barefoot nature walk and I was looking at my feet in all these different, um, like, parts of the ground. Like, you know, at one part of the trail I was on mud, and then I was in grass, and then I was on some rock, and, um, and it was such a short, it's such a short walk that I used to do. It was very, um, you know, not, I'm not covering that much area, but there were still a lot of different little scenes along the way, and I started taking pictures of my feet in all these spots, and, it just, I, I started thinking, of, like, how cool it would be to have these pictures all right next to each other, like, on an art gallery wall, and then it led to me thinking of this art show. So the the purpose of the show is supposed to be, I want to help get people more inspired to get more in tune with nature and reconnect with nature, because I have... I do believe that humanity is quite disconnected in general. Like, as you know, there's different people that might be more or less connected than others. But as a general whole, our species is separate. And we're separate from our own natures in a lot of ways. And we've separated ourselves from Mother Earth and all of its inhabitants and... Um, I think that if that is the wound that we're looking at, that disconnection, then the healing, the healing thing to do would be to reconnect. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to like get people to want to get back connected. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> our mother. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So what kind of art um, are you envisioning for the show? Like, um, cause I know we had chatted before and you were saying you wanted to have more of like a hopeful leaning versus like, we're destroying the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because when I brought it up with the manager of the gallery, that was mm-hmm. like one of the first things she said was, oh, I could see like all these climate change pieces. And I'm like, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not against highlighting that that's a thing because mm-hmm. it's important that to acknowledge that that is a problem but um 
I think for the most part, we're all aware. Yeah. Even those that, you know, some people might want to be in denial of it, but they're still aware that people do believe that. So it's not like we need to necessarily go around educating anyone that the world's on fire. We already know. Yeah, yeah it's like <laughs> literally this summer. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and, but, I, you know, on the same token, I, I would never want to stop anyone from expressing something that they feel the need mm-hmm. to express. If somebody really wanted to put some kind of like image of the world burning and that was their piece, then um, I wouldn't fully just shut that down. But I just would prefer, I'm trying to sway people to lean more towards the side of keeping it more of like a, a positive focus, like want to focus on healing, like what can we do better here, like how could we get more connected and how do you already like manage to stay connected, like what are your personal practices or even if it's not like, oh I love going out in the woods, like I think the word nature can be open to interpretation mm-hmm. like yeah. what is the nature of you what is the nature of yeah. your family or your ancestry like whatever you know yeah. so I think it's nice that you're trying to lean into more you're having people lean into more of the positive side mm-hmm. so then maybe like because you're inspiring connection again they might value or open their eyes more to see more yeah. look at, you know look at the sky yeah go outside yeah might yeah. inspire people because <clears throat> maybe like because you want it to be more positive and you want them to start to love this existence mm-hmm. instead of hating it or yeah. whatever or fearing yeah. the damage that's being done mm-hmm. yeah because that's another thing I'm, I worry about is it's so easy to look around and see all of the damage that's being done to the planet and amongst ourselves mm-hmm. and just get completely distraught and start to feel really hopeless. A lot of people will just not do anything because what's the point, you know? I've felt that before. I know lots of people that have felt that before. It's really easy to fall into that. And I I don't want to, like, I feel like there's enough of that out there already. And, like, again... At the end of the day, I'm, I wouldn't be opposed to there being, like, a, a portion of the show where we talk about the issues, because uh, they do need to be talked about, for sure, but um, I'm, I'm hoping to lean more towards inspiration and, mm-hmm. and hope, and, yeah. like, we can't, we can't actually heal this. We can't actually, like, take this in a different yeah. direction. It's possible, but yeah. we have to be hopeful, and we have to um, do our part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, it feels like there's a lot of energy of, like, connection to the planet. Like, it's more like you're a part of the planet, too. Like, you're nature walking. I don't know. I think that's kind of a cool... Because, like, when we start complaining about the problems, we still disconnect ourselves from being a part of it. It's like we're looking at at it, not realizing that we're dirt too yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be dirt yeah. you know? we come from the earth and return to the yeah, earth <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's crazy um so what does your spiritual practice look like with nature Ooh, with nature um so i the barefoot nature walks is definitely the biggest part um and then i do like to sometimes i'll i'll, I'll sit down and just meditate <laughs> wherever i so choose yeah um, but I'm also really into foraging. I'm mm-hmm. pretty novice. I've, I've just began um, the like, practice of foraging maybe a little more than a year ago now. 
Um, but I learned a lot in a short time, and I'm very cautious. I'm like, I know that there's dangers mm-hmm. to foraging. You have mm-hmm. to like uh, make sure that you're uh, dotting your eyes and crossing your t's when it comes to the research to mm-hmm. make sure that you're not about to kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Natural poison. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, there was, we don't have to get this out of it. Do you ever think about like the stories of like like every court and everything? I'm watching a lot of history stuff, but they would always have like food tasters for them. Like, I wonder how many times people were poisoned just by berries. <laughs> messed up. Yeah, <laughs> someone messed up yeah. and wrong. Yeah. I always think that somebody had to have eaten that for us to know that we yeah. can't eat it. You know? For sure, yeah. <laughs> well, but I've actually wondered that too. Like, maybe not. Maybe there were people like back when people were more connected to the earth yeah. and there were more like. Um, herbalists out there and people that would sit and connect with the plant and communicate to the plant like maybe a lot of what we know started with people just Mm -hmm. vibing with it and learning like figuring out just energetically that they couldn't eat it that's interesting because like of the plant spirits and the earth spirits and if you were like in tune with nature who's to say that there wasn't a person who was communicating with the spirit of you know the plants and they were telling them this year is safe this isn't safe i lean into that a lot yeah, like a that bit, um, yeah. i didn't even think of that as an option or even like i've been reading a lot about like just different H- hdbs and i was reading about the fae recently and it was talking about how like the fae used to help humans out a lot and mm. like there was this relationship so like could even be those types of beings that maybe guided us and what we could or couldn't eat yeah um for sure i would subscribe to that like more and more i'm like yeah it's all real <laughs> like, like yeah. i'm not even like having an air of caution anymore i'm not like right. going like i mean believe what you want to believe no i'm just like no nah. i'm seeing a lot of weird stuff yeah. these days. a lot of people are telling me crazy things yeah. so. the government of the aliens are real so. yeah. Yeah. yeah i know i can't yeah. really like what else is gonna happen that's yeah. how i feel right yeah. it's like whatever but I always think of too, because like we all we're in the modern age. We all we have always distractions. But there was clearly many, many, many times that people existed and didn't have this level of distraction. So how was their connectivity? Was it literally like an innate thing that happened as soon as you were born? Like because you had nothing else to really distract you. So for like, if you could read, you read. It was probably legal if you to could take paint. psychedelics. You probably just did it accidentally. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, people probably, you know, teens are hanging out with What'd you do? What'd you do? You stargazed. You learned how to do, like, craft of some sort. No, but that's, that's, like, stargazing is, is part of it. I mean, you can do, um, I'm going to make this word up, but I don't know if it's real or not. Cloudmancy? Yeah, that is a thing. Okay, but is that the word for it? I don't know if that's the word, but that's where you can, um, use your mind to make the clouds dissipate or form. Yeah. I've never tried it. Have you tried it? Yeah. Do oh, you shoot. like it? Yeah, I love it. Oh, <laughs> so that's another nature practice I do. Oh, that's so <laughs> it's, okay. what, it's like cloud kinesis or something like that. Yeah, you just kind of like look up at the clouds and then like start to see, you know, I'm very visual with my um, readings a lot of the time. Um, and I'm always looking for, and that's not, here's another nature uh, spirituality practice I do I'll I'll find actual items that mean something to me is um, like you know feathers are a big symbol mm-hmm. for me so if I stumble across a feather I will often kind of like have a, a mini session where I try to communicate like you know what the meaning of this feather is mm-hmm. and um, 
Yeah, any anytime I'm out in the woods, anything that happens always feels really meaningful. Yeah, that's <laughs> the earth sign. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't go in the woods very much. I but stay in the back. You take your cat on walks. I do take my kitty on walks. And you get your nature. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I bet she loves that. Yeah. Missy fights me if we move off the chair. <laughs> she likes her comfort, but Sky is the one. Sky will have fun. Mm. She panics. If I took her into the yard, or one way I've done it, she just, like, freaks out. She's like, what are we doing? <laughs> She's porch kitty. Aww, I just yeah. think about, like, imagine, like, what they saw. Yeah, there was really no awesome. light pollution, nothing. Like, yeah. things were probably extremely beautiful, magical. Yeah. For sure. Really beautiful. I do, back to that. I do believe that, like, humans are born with more abilities than mm-hmm. we have in our adulthood, and that a lot of it just kind of gets traumatized out of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Confident. Yeah. yeah. Confident. So, so I, I for sure think that's, that's relevant. Mm-hmm. Like, people probably saw a lot more back in the day oh, before yeah. it was all just, like, beat out of us as children yeah but then like back in the day too like, you'd just be doing your gardening and then all you of a sudden to see that. all of a sudden another warring faction would come in and just destroy you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the warring tribe or whatever the heck well, it was called um 3000 years of longing and the premise is that this like storyteller she's um i think she's in istanbul and she basically connects with a djinn but he doesn't, he just kind of, like, shows up. And she's like, oh, my God. And then I had the thought of, like, if in reality you did have a being like that just show up, like, what would you do? Like, you're out in the woods and then just, like, elf man comes out. And Materializes. Just, yeah. yeah. Would you believe it was real or would you be like, this person's <laughs> lost their mind? You know, like, could you imagine if, like... I feel like if Stephanie told us that she saw an elf in the woods, we would fully believe you. I would believe her. I'm saying, I'm talking about the man, okay? You're walking through the woods. Just hear the scenario, okay? And I'm like, this is why they use our Claire's. <laughs> um, and my guy told me this last night, because I was like, how come I don't, we don't just see people walking around? And my guy's like, would you believe us? Like, and here's a scenario. So you're in the woods walking, and then this mystical man is just in the woods with you and he's kind of following you his ears are sort of pointy he's really tall he's not dressed weather appropriate or time appropriate (laughs) like again he's following you then you're kind of i would be walking a little faster yeah and he starts (laughs) waving you down and so you turn around you approach him you're like hi and he's like my name is victor and i'm an elf And I have a message for you. I'd be pretty intrigued, actually. I would probably be like, he's nuts. I gotta go. Yeah, but in this day and age, though, he would get maced, though. You would mace him. No, I would probably fight him. You would mace him. I'd be able to tackle him. Why are you following me? I'm prepared to die. She said that one. I will destroy you. We had a scary moment with a stranger. And she flipped around, and those were her exact words. She said, I will fight you. I'm, not, I'm prepared to die. <laughs> and then he ran. Oh, yeah, I did do that. I think that was in Ohio when we were doing the, we got stranded in Ohio with the car. Oh, the car. Okay. Yeah. That's another story for another time. But, yeah, but I think about that. Like, if you just were like, or like, let's say you're in the mall, and then this man comes up. He'd have to, re- they'd have to, like, really give us a little more information, like, some sort of, like, feeling or something. Because if just a random guy or woman was like, 
Hi, my name is Archangel Jophiel. You would be like, um... <laughs> yeah, there'd be cause for question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if they had a glowing aura around them and, like, you know, some yeah. Cinderella-style stuff, birds come down just... Yeah, they'd have to add yeah. like, I'd be like, oh... Yeah. We need the, the, you yeah. know, the extra or else we're not going to believe them. We're just going to think they're lunatics. Well, be careful yeah. with that. I was literally just reading that... Um, Underworld comic that you oh, were yes, telling me yes, about yes, earlier yes. today, and they, it was the the strip where it um, they did a little strip of uh, a lady, a woman who was asking Zeus if she could see his true form. Oh yes, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah I know that, that story. Yeah, um, I think that's not, go ahead. Oh, but like yeah, in the comic, I don't know. I'd actually love to hear if this was like true to the tr- uh, lore because I know you're more educated on like. Um, it is an actual lore. mythology. Okay, but so in the comic, she died when mm-hmm. she saw him in his true form. Yeah. Is that? Um, yeah, so like, the there's the myth is that Zeus is doing his thing, sleeping around, and Hera finds out, and she gets jealous, and so she like convinces the lover to ask Zeus if she can see his true form, and then Zeus is like... I can't do that, it'll kill you. But for some reason, she wears them down. I don't know how she achieved this. Um, <laughs> I can tell you how it goes in the comic. Well, how's it go in the comic? <laughs> well, so in the comic, he was, it was clearly, like, a woman he was sleeping around with, and um, she, he, like, promised her anything that she wanted, like, mm. one wish kind oh, of deal. Oh, okay, that's probably And, and he swore by the River of Sticks that he that's would, like, was, grant yeah. her one wish or mm. whatever. And then, since he had sworn by the river of sticks, like, that is a solid oath Mm. that he cannot break or there would be extreme consequences. Mm. And then what she wanted was to see him in his true form. Yeah, that's probably what happened. But I'm pretty sure that's Dionysus' mom. And so he was, like, she was pregnant, and so then Zeus takes the baby... But Hermes is there, too. (laughs) And I think Hermes might be the one that extracts the child. And then they, like... I don't know, somehow Zeus, like, does this thing, and then Dionysus is born, and then Hermes takes Dionysus off and does this thing. I think that is that is his mom's story, but we'd have, I'd have to check. If anybody's listening, they know, and they're, like, rolling their eyes because I'm wrong. You know, <laughs> I'm a human being. <laughs> this is all verbatim. Yeah, I'm just pulling this <laughs> off of memory. Yeah. yeah. There's a, speaking of that, okay. So I'm reading, um, and I, we, I don't know, don't know if we said it on the podcast, but I'm reading a book called Spirit Marriage, and... I put off reading the book because I, um, you know, you see on TikTok all these people who are like, I'm married to a god and all of that. And I just thought it was like silly, silly girls. <laughs> you know, I didn't like think anything about it. But then um, I, I've been reading a lot. I read The Flowering Wand. I read The Other Goddess. We had her on yeah. the show. Um, and then other books that are in line with that um, energy. And it's talking about like, the concept of like priests and priestesses and their connections to deities and um and in particular it's talking about romantic um relationships between humans and hdbs of all form all different kind jinn you know fae deities angels yeah it talks about angels a lot which is interesting um it even talks about jesus (laughs) having like some love affairs with humans and uh, and again, listeners, that might be blasphemous for some of you. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's in the book. And it's really, really interesting because the author has all of... It, it's documented. Like These are writings from different people, like priests and nuns and stuff like that. And then 
Um, I guess like in the gospel, I guess it's like very limited when it states that the angels don't have um, romantic feelings towards anything. But what it's referring to is the concept of like creation energy, not like the way we interpret love and all of that. And um, so I'm gonna get to where I'm going. I just have to like get there. Yeah, <laughs> it's I get it. But um, <laughs> basically, there's like anecdotes about how at one point in history, people were trying to have children with various high-dimensional beings, like let's say the Fae, um, because then your children would be gifted with certain things. So like you might have a child who's a healer because of it, and you can have children that are blessed by the HDBs, so technically they're the child of the HDB. Um, So like you could have a Fae that favors you and that like really loves you, and then whenever you and your spouse have a child, that HDB blesses the child and infuses their like energy into this child, and then the kid's like exceptional. And then according to lore, a lot of kings and queens were um, part HDB. Um, So, you know, like think of like King Solomon, Queen of Sheba, um, you know, they were part Jinn. I believe both of them have were. You have like allegedly. Allegedly. Then you have like the Norse mythology where people are saying they're descended from Odin, you know, there's all this fae lore. So basically where I'm getting at is it was something that like people were trying to like do. And um, and then there's different ways you have a child with uh, with HDB. But like they're not like literal like it's not literally like Yeah. You know, it'd be like you and your like your human person have a baby and then the baby has the essence of it in it or something like that yeah so then there's this theory that like um and we go into like the concept of union and spiritual um like awakening with divine masculine and feminine and like all of that which you can see in like tantric practices and the like um it makes you think of zeus and how he was always sleeping with like women but was Mm. this like spiritual union to enlighten the female and then it got changed into like sexual assault. But then there was also this other thing when you said, be careful what you say. Um, they were saying, don't like say things like, I have your child or joke and stuff like that with the HDBs because they're <laughs> listening and you might have a sexy time dream. <laughs> and then like, you know, down the road have a kid that's like really, really, really into some weird stuff. <laughs> Like, they're seeing shit, and, like, and we, there's this, like, TikTok I always think about, and it was this girl, and oh, she's, yeah. like, screams out the car, it's raining and thundering, and her and her friend are driving, and she screams out, Zeus, make it stop raining, I'll have your child, and then, like, oh, shit. the rain stops. Instantaneously. It's, like, instant, and then she's, like, I fucked up, <laughs> and, like, my words because her and I joke all the time about like we'll be like like um she was like Hermes could finesse me any day and he could oh I remember one of the times she's like Hermes if you're listening (laughs) I'm like totally fine with it she's like you need astral plane tonight oh god (laughs) 
I remember one of the times I was here, we were talking uh, about, like, Jesus, and you were like, yeah, I probably would have been one of his groupies. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. There's only this, this fine dude who had party tricks. Yeah. You know, extremely, like, well-versed, you know, eloquent speaker. This man could, al- this alchemist, yeah. could just alchemize water into wine, like, where he needed endless supply of food. I'm like, this dude, You're what? sick, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. And anybody who messed with him, he smited? Yeah. Like, I'm wrong with him. I'll be a part of the harem. You know, I'm saying that. I'm like, my, I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> has some crazy dreams. Endless dreams. Of a priest who had sex with Jesus in, like, like ancient yeah, times. you know, life's weird. I mean... <laughs> Another grown and sexy episode. <laughs> By the fourth in this series. This podcast is taking a turn. <laughs> I'm blaming on Aphrodite, but, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of, like, you know, things we don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Um, I want to circle back to Claire's. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you read t- the Oracle and Tarot. And I've gotten readings from you before. And you, the way you do, I love the way you read. Yeah. And you're always very, like focus on the feeling the yeah. feelings that come to you like how did that start like how, how did you start acknowledging like that our sensations in our body had a purpose yeah so i think there is a a specific is it clairsentient that means yes you, you yeah. feel messages um so i think that's always been a little bit part of my practice when i do like readings with oracle cards um i can't even remember exactly why um I I guess so it must just be naturally part of how I interpreted things I had learned about the different clairs before I'd ever really dabbled so I probably Mm -hmm. was just trying to tune into all different kinds but um I have heard of associations between um like different signs and like what kind of clairs you might have like so you know if you look at the different elements there's uh, earth, fire, wind, spirit, water. Mm-hmm. Um, water is more associated with emotions. Fire is more associated with spirit. Um, earth is associated with the body. So mm-hmm. me being an earth sign, I think that like my body definitely talks to me a lot. And like I think all bodies, yeah. all bodies talk. But like maybe that could be uh, something I might be a little more in tune with. But. Um, I, I do get sensations, uh, when I'm reading and, um, I especially will tune into my heart a lot because that helps Mm -hmm. me know when I'm on track or off track, there are certain feelings I get in my heart that like, if I'm, if I say a message in the middle of a reading and my heart will sometimes like almost like explode, but in a good way, like it's a very like big feeling that I get and I'm like, Oh, this is a really important message for you. Like, or there are other times where I will start to say something like I'll I'll start to interpret a card and then like my mind, my mind will start going and I'll start saying what's on my mind and my heart will just like give me this jolt. Like, no, that's Mm -hmm. not it. Like back up. You're about to say the wrong thing. So I like, I'll have to stop myself. And then I'll, I'll like kind of recenter and then um, try to quiet my mind and then go back into the reading and say, okay, so 
what is it then? Maybe it's, and then I'll start trying to go in this direction. And there's been times where I've had to like try to start a sentence like three or four times and then finally like my heart will stop giving me that jolt and mm-hmm. let me speak and then it'll start really flowing. And there's like, but there's a lot of sensation that happens inside my body when I'm like interpreting things that help me understand what, like whether I'm on track. Oh, that's interesting. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. I've been, well, you started me on this. I've been trying to pay attention more to, like, my body. And I think, um, so I had, like, chronic pain for a while, mm. especially with the legs. Yeah, pain talks. And yeah, but, like, I think that it, like, made me move out of body more. Mm. And, mm-hmm. um... <clears throat> not pay attention to that Claire because uh, I feel like you can be really um, focused on this plane but not necessarily in your body mm-hmm. so like um, like when I got attuned to Reiki uh, we were really focused on my upper chakras because I had issues with that but at that point in time I was having issues with my perception of the divine and like my Claire's and just connection I was very focused on like this realm but like not my body like I wasn't paying attention to like certain cues and like yeah. what it means and I even got Louise Hayes book you can heal your life yeah which you it's love a great book I love it and she is I the recommend why yeah. I do that I've heard yeah. of it I actually I want to get that book too oh yeah I yeah. everybody listening I like highly recommend it Everybody get it. it before yeah, you before you leave. Okay, cool. I highly recommend it. And most of Lu- Louise Hayes' teachings, like, yeah. please, if you read it, get into it. Yeah, because everything that happens in your body happens for a reason. Like, yes. you know, there's, yeah. if, even if it's just, like, a weird twinge you get, in, like, or your eyes twitching, like, you can ask yourself, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's always a reason. And, yeah. you know, your body is constantly trying to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. And... It has a lot to say, and it knows you better than anyone. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, that's your body. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. Doug had mentioned, so we had Doug on, and we brought you up in Doug's episode, so I guess we're going to Doug flip. Doug and, <laughs> um, who did we interview recently? Sebastian. They both We bring up in that, too. Yeah, the idea that, like, um, your body knows things sometimes before your, like, mind processes it, and so he was saying, like, you know, if you get a feeling about something, like kind of listen to what your body's doing um and then kind of go in so and you can even circle this conversation back into the nature Mm -hmm. conversation too because i think that our bodies are our biggest connection to the earth yeah Um, you know that's a massive you know you can't be you can't have you can't be manifested on the earth without a body Mm, at least as a human anyway Mm -hmm. um I suppose you could manifest yourself into all kinds of different matter but it all exists on this planet like Mm -hmm. it's all um part of the earth and uh because of that connection because we exist here on this planet in our bodies part of that like very physical connection is the fact that we eat food Mm. so like going back to the the foraging thing like you wouldn't necessarily think of that as a spiritual practice but I very much do because when I eat food that I found from the earth, I feel like I am taking the earth into my body and furthering the connection with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like this this grew from Gaia or mm-hmm. from, you know, Demeter grew it yeah. with Gaia together. Yeah. And 
and if it's the spring, which is when I forage the most, Persephone was involved too. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you know, you're you're directly physically connecting, which you know, physical is different than spiritual, but there's spirit in all the plants too. So how better to like get super involved with a plant than to like consume it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um. This book's messing me up. I'm sorry. I'm bringing this book up. That's okay. (laughs) What's the book Um, called again? Spirit Marriage. Spirit Marriage. Um, I forget her name. We'll link Um, it. There's a girl in there who is, like, deeply connected to the spirit of garlic. And Mm. she took an herbal trip. I want to say it was ayahuasca, but it might have been something else. And she was able to, like, deeply connect with the spirit of this garlic plant and it's like one of her spirit allies now and um it's like that like they're kind of like it's like a union with them kind of like he's with her helping her and that's like made me like think about when we went journeying and we journeyed to a rock and we met the spirit of a rock and like that's how important nature is and how powerful it is and like you know like you're saying you take it in and you put you know you're eating it in the body there's like this magic or like i don't know sacredness to that process that we do every day yeah um so i think it's really interesting that yeah. you said that and just because yeah. we don't understand something doesn't mean it doesn't hold value no no or for purpose sure. yeah so i'm excited for whatever the future humans mm-hmm. figure out yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna be like 80 years old talking about it. they they confirm what we said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i knew this oh i'm gonna say that <laughs> But it is it is really cool when you like start to learn about foraging, it's amazing how much is out there that you can eat and you yeah. just would have no idea. I have literally made a salad from my own backyard before. Oh there was God, a day yes. where I was like kind of crunched for time. I didn't have time to go out and get food. I didn't have enough food in the house and I was like what am I going to do? And I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. I'm going to make a whole meal. And I went outside and like most of it was like dandelion Mm -hmm. greens. Um, But then I found some like spring onions, some wild onions. And uh, what else was in there? Garlic mustard, which is an invasive species um, to our, to our region, but there is a ton of it and it is delicious. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like there might have been one or two other things in there. Oh, I found some morels this year, which is really exciting for foragers. I know you guys, mm. do you know what morels are? No. It's mushrooms. Mm. Oh, okay. Very tasty little mushrooms. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so like I made this salad with like those mushrooms and and I had a whole meal and it filled wow. me up and I got through my day and like that's felt so great. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Wow. How do you like, do you, like, how do you clean it like from... Like, are you worried about, like, deer or anything like that? No, I mean, so I do rinse it off, mm-hmm. um, but I I have a pretty unique uh, belief system when it comes to, I don't know, dirt. I, I don't really know. This is, like, just completely my own personal philosophy. I, I or theory, I don't know if it's a philosophy or a theory. Like, I'm really just, like... Mm-hmm. spitball in this one but I have thought this through I really feel that like humanity in general is like currently in a state of germophobia mm. I think that people are a lot more afraid than they need to be of mm. germs and disease like how many times do you hear people say like oh don't don't touch that bird feather it's dirty or mm. you know talking to their kids or they'll say like 
if, if like, I don't know, I mean, one of your pets, like, brings a dead animal into the house, it's like, oh, it could be diseased, like, yeah. I mean, it's true, it could always be diseased, but, like, so are people, like, yeah. what's the difference, like, I, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to go around and, like, shake people's hands, and, yeah. like, you know, I know that was different over COVID, but, like, generally speaking, like, you know, I'll go into people's spaces, I'll touch people, and that doesn't really, like, bother me, so what's the difference between, like, going out there and touching stuff? There's such thing as good germs. You need good germs mm-hmm. for your immune system to, to stay healthy, so, like, I, I actually truly believe that getting more, like, experimenting more with branching out of your comfort zone into things that you might think are, like, dirty, and, like, having more positive experiences with um, things that you've learned to fear on the earth, in the earth, in the woods, or, you know, wherever. Here it's woods, but I know there's other places on the earth that it would be, I don't know, the desert. Um, But when I think of nature, my first thought is woods because of my personal surroundings. But, you know, you can get out there, and you can eat stuff, and be totally fine and you're very very much more likely to have like positive experiences than negative ones not saying you could never get sick doing it but like you also could very much not (laughs) we're eating food now that like causes cancer yeah that's still so much better for us than the processed crap that we're like taught is like safe because the fda said so like Like, somebody said so right (laughs) it kills me like it's because somebody said this someone did this i mean like in the flowering lawn the author is very much um she's really into like um mycelium and Mm -hmm. the earth and like all of it and she was having um horrible like she she was something was wrong i forget the exact reason but she was on a bout of antibiotics like constantly to to heal whatever the issue was and then afterwards she started like having issues with like yeast infections and ibs and like all these stomach problems because her like gut like the whole system was completely destroyed from all the antibiotics she was taking consistently so i guess like antibiotics like, just, like, doing a round of it for, you know, I don't know, like, a sorcerer or whatever, it can cause a lot of gut issues. But, like, she was doing it so much that it, like, destroyed everything. And then she's, like, trying all these medicines. And what ended up healing it, she would literally eat dirt. Mm. And not just dirt, though. Like, she ate dirt, and then she would do um, probiotic, like, rich foods. And she would, like... I'm pretty sure she foraged and she would, like, make things. But it was, like, she let nature heal her. That's and awesome. I thought dirt was, like, extreme, but there was something about I mean, she, the woman's very, like, well-informed and, like, knows a lot about, like, plant life and all of that. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty interesting. And she just was, like, I, it was at the last stretch, and she was just, like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people eat, like, that Amazonian clay and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Just once again, just because we don't understand it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah, and our bodies are capable of um, handling dirt. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what your gallbladder is supposed to be for. And a lot of people Mm -hmm. have gallbladder attacks. And I've always wondered, like, I wonder if that's because it's not getting the use it's supposed Mm -hmm. to get. Like, maybe we're supposed to have a little bit of dirt and it's supposed Mm -hmm. to keep its purpose. And the fact that, like, 
our food doesn't have enough earth in it is making it mad and yeah yeah people's systems yeah. <laughs> there's been elders in our life who swear by that like, yeah especially like growing up like you see Daddy children remember yeah, yeah like you see children like sucking on a cart's handle and like putting a shoe in their mouth and like the parent won't freak out so like they need to get the germs the exposure the way they built the antibodies the up to yeah. be able, and the immunity to be able to fight it yeah. in the future so if we don't have that exposure to stuff then we don't have okay. the solution yeah. so it sounds like you guys had a different very different upbringing than me because i my I, my mom's very germaphobic and she instilled germaphobia in me and my sisters and it's really stuck with my sisters and i eventually kind of like unlearned it and like taught myself to not be germaphobic mm-hmm. and so and part of that was because of like my passion for getting out in nature and learning things like foraging and wanting to get more connected and I realized that like so much of what I grew up like hearing like oh that's dirty don't put that in mm-hmm. your mouth don't touch that mm-hmm. was coming from fear and not love so I kind of just like switched the script and I was like okay is this do I really need to fear this or not and it, it's a question I've I ask myself a lot, like, I've gotten more okay with, like, bugs, like, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up learning that bugs were scary and, and yucky, and um, now I'm, like, pretty cool with them for the most part, and um, and I, I always liked bugs when I was little, too. I don't know, I can't even tell you at what point in my life they, they like, became a scary thing, but I think it's just because I grew up, like, hearing like you know my mom would scream so then oh it must be scary and then like you know you take the scream in, internally and then yeah. so um but yeah I mean for me it was like you can't put that in your mouth mm. that's what I grew up around <laughs> was it the five second rule yeah, we also have like yeah. six kids we have six kids in our family yeah, so my we're, mom was we're, probably we're like two of six children so <laughs> our parents were probably yeah. like oh, <laughs> that one is <laughs> <laughs> but honestly yeah I'm sure if we worked in, like, the medical industry, we'd probably be singing a totally yeah, different somebody tune. listening to Somebody here is like, you can see what I see. <laughs> yeah, well, but honestly, that's an, another thing that I think is part of, like, what's so destructive on our planet is the medical system, the amount of plastic they use just to keep everything mm-hmm. sterile. And they kind of have to because, yeah. you know, if you're doing surgery, like, your, your skin on your body is protecting you from things from the outside yeah. world. Like, there are certain things that are supposed to go in and things that aren't. So, mm-hmm. like, if you're about to have surgery, you should probably be in a sterile room. But, like, yeah. a lot of the other times, like, some of the more less invasive procedures are still going to be filled with, like, in- extremely sterile um, tools and things that just might not need to be and um I don't know I worry about plastic a lot plastic is the bane of my existence yeah Yeah, I feel like we're gonna see within our lifetime like a massive where we are seeing a massive reduction hopefully in some areas but um they're about to roll out that new law where they're gonna start charging for the grocery bags and stuff so okay I heard there was going to be a single-use plastic bag ban in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, right? I think so. Like, I think a lot of <laughs> places so are her. shifting yeah, adapting those rules. But I don't know if it's necessarily for the environment or if it's for corporate greed. But Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> it started out with good intentions and they found a way to profit. Do you know that, like, in the, like, I don't know, the 80s, 90s, because I'd ask my mom about this, the grocery stores would have, like, uh, paper bags and then I would always see like people like doubling it up and then they started like rolling out plastic and what they said was that plastic was better for the environment 
because it wasn't cutting down trees. I know. I think Isn't I remember. Wild? Yeah, it is completely <laughs> wild to get away from like disposable things or single-use things because that is like all that material's got to come from somewhere. Either you're mm-hmm. cutting down trees or you're creating plastic. And yeah, those toxins. I don't know how they make plastic. I don't know what the ingredients for that is, but like you got to pull that matter up from somewhere in the earth in order to put it through whatever chemical yeah. process you're putting it through to create the plastic. So like not only is it are you creating a substance that like does not naturally decompose, but like you're also you're you're taking that material from somewhere. I don't know. I feel like another another thing too would be instead of like finding a material that will just last or like find materials that are not so harmful to take mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. Like um, and then make things with quality, like, yeah. you know, weave baskets with the mm-hmm. plethora of long grass that you didn't mow. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. like, I don't know, I don't even like mowed lawns. I, I wish everything would just be allowed to grow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but, funny. You, yeah. yeah. I just feel like, though, if we all focus on our own worlds and start to implement those things, then we are, will naturally make the shifts. Like, yeah. I'm sure... And we've all made changes. Like lead so, by example. Like, yeah, lead by example and operate the way you want the world to be. And if we all start doing that, then the collective effort can make a huge impact. Absolutely. And that's nice about your art show. Is like you're helping people to see that. Yeah. And having their different styles and their different interpretations of that, you're going to see inevitably some sort of interconnectedness mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. Because yeah. we all are. Right. And like one of the big points that I'd like to drive home with it is that like little shifts and little things can make a big difference like exactly what you just said the whole like inspiring others to um do things differently but like even even if you decide to give up one plastic item from your life like there was a big uh plastic straw trend a few years ago which I still live by but I've noticed that a lot of people have kind of like forgotten about it um you know even just making that one tiny little shift saying like I will no longer use plastic straws every single straw that you use every single plastic item that you use is going to live multiple lifetimes of how long you live Mm -hmm. so like even just rejecting one straw is going to keep that one straw like that's one less straw that's going to be on this planet for freaking ever Mm -hmm. so like Little things make a bigger difference than most people, I think, yeah. would give them credit for. Yeah. yeah. We discount our impact on the world. Yeah. Going through a learning period right now. <laughs> <laughs> sure. She loves the knowledge. I, it's just something that's great. I have, like, a Thirst. thing that, a set that I'm trying to, like, get done uh-huh. like, at a certain period of time so I can prepare for our... Something else, yeah. Hall, our rituals. Yeah. <laughs> Winter witch rituals. Yeah. <laughs> like, but um, she was saying how, like... She was talking about, like, women, though, and, like, women are, like, sovereignty. Mm. But what she was referencing, though, was that, like, by you living well and, you know, being in your power and stuff, you open the doors for other people to see that they can do the same. And then, like you yes. said, it has, like, a, tr- uh, like you know, a snowball effect. Because, like, if somebody sees that you're able to live sustainably, in this case, then they'll go to you, well, how can I be more sustainable? Or they're mm-hmm. just going to see it and start researching it and acting like accordingly and I think like as people become more spiritually conscious too they start to care more for the planet I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of the issues that we're having 
there's a lot of different reasons why we're having them but like i think one big one is that we were like kind of conditioned to not value the earth or animals or to see like the soul that they all like kind of carry with them and life in general i mean we're having like religions that are more excited about dying than actually being alive you know yeah so what's the implication of that you don't care about this planet Mm -hmm. you don't care about the destruction that you reap because it's outside of you like it's not you you don't care if you hurt an animal because an animal suffers because it's just an animal what does just an animal mean yeah what's that mean it's not a like a, I don't know, like a TV or something. Yeah, you know I mean, like it's not like an object. Like it breathes. It like has a heart. It's like you know, cuddles with me. Yeah. <laughs> Alex like, in the woods. Well, I know, I know. The but more, it's like yeah. the more like conscious we are, like growing as a species. I think the more of that toxic energy will start to sub- like subside, and that's the more we start to feel like we're connect- all interconnected, and that includes like every living. And like celestial bodies too. Like I think we're connected to that plane as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't think anybody can deny. Well, people still do, but I think in general, if you, people are not discrediting the constellations anymore mm-hmm. and the effects that the retrogrades yeah. and the moon have have on us now. Yeah, there's definitely more acceptance. For there it. is, yeah. even like astrology in general, even witches. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So we, <laughs> stuff. we would have been like stoned. Yeah. <laughs> She's in the woods. She's in the woods. She cannot be going out there just to walk in nature. Yeah. She's convening She's her safety. Her two dogs. Yeah. 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 Like, no shoes. How does she gone. walk on this terrain with no shoes? Yeah. <laughs> her feet are unscathed. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, that's so crazy. Yeah. No, but I, I believe that, that obviously we have the power to change things. And if we all do our part, yeah. we can yeah. in our own way. And yeah. to not focus on all the huge noise right focus Uh, on making your world a little bit better every day and you know that can be easier said than done Mm -hmm. but that's why it's nice to have these kind of conversations and like just kind of remember that that you know sometimes it really does feel like doom and gloom but it's it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be forever yeah and it's natural to have those moments because our emotions are here for a reason. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be forever. Yeah. And there is all, it's a purpose to it all. Right. And I think the reason we feel that is because we're just feeling the reality. And then, yeah. But Forcing us to make the shifts. Right. Exactly. But the beauty is you can feel that and then decide, like, you want to change it. And then say, okay, well, how, how can I feel better? And if you figure out how to make yourself feel better and be happier, then it just inevitably like there's always going to be a ripple effect Mm -hmm. it's like you know energy's contagious so did you have resistance growing up with the art um art no well like i never took it too seriously like it was always just um something i was always good at and i got a lot of compliments all the time for like being able to draw well and um i always enjoyed art classes but you know you go to school so that you can figure out what you want to do as a job and I was always told like well that's not a real job like there's no money in that and I will say it is difficult to make money that way um that has been my experience but I think that that very much could be my experience because it was drilled into my Mm -hmm. psyche (laughs) so (laughs) 
you know, that's artist. something I'm working on. But yeah, what are the two archetypes? You have to be a sad, or you're starving, or both. If you're suffering, an yeah, it's like suffering. It's like uh, art sort of suffering. suffering. Like, yep, it's it's so real. And but you know, it, I think that there's there's two reasons for that. Number one, because the traumas that have occurred to like art is so related to mystic stuff mm-hmm. and there was so much there's so much of humanity that has just been like beat down and attempted to be completely stamped out of us and I think art is one of them like it's it's just part of that um, oppression so part of the reason I think that like artists tend to be sad is because like we've had to deal with like being beat down by yeah. society and like the, the powers that be um, you know what's the what's the expression I'm thinking of the uh Big Brother or yeah. the man, the man. <laughs> yeah, the man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's all the woman. Just that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we rise to the matriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> Age of Aquarius. Yeah. Um, there's a theme I've noticed that anything that involves creation energy, like the energy of creation, so that can be like our wombs, it can be like mm. art, writing, anything like that, that's linked to like things like sovereignty and free thinking. Those are the things that we are instructed not to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very much so. And um, I don't know. It's like weird. Maybe we should go against what doesn't make well, sense. <laughs> right. The creative mind yeah. is open to possibilities yeah. that the yeah. limited mind is not. Plus the yeah. connection so with keep, spirituality. Yeah. yeah. So if you keep the creative mind still, then you're not going to be able to visualize or dream about what you're trying to materialize. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. and when you do that, we know what happens. All of a sudden, it's, <laughs> you check everything. Yeah. <laughs> now, I have a question. So, um, and I've heard there were a couple people I talked to at the Red Fish Bowl who told me this, and I'm curious if you feel this way. Like, when you're doing your art, do you feel like you're channeling? Um, yeah. So, depending on what type of art I'm doing, I do, I do have a skill in, um, realism and when I'm if I'm painting a portrait of something and using a reference photo and trying to make it look like the reference photo I would say no because that is using the is that the right side of your brain that's the more like logical side um I think so but don't I'm not sure I'm not a brain person okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm a neuroscientist I am just a I don't know about brains (laughs) I'm not a brain person The brain is supposed to have like the right side and the left side. The one side is more logical, the other side's more creative. Basically, the whole the whole point of the brain thing is that um, you know at, at some point I learned about drawing from the right side of the brain and how you can use spatial awareness to draw something, look at something, and draw it as you see it. It becomes almost like at that point you're not very different than like a photocopier. Um, but there's a whole other side to my art that does feel much more just like channeling. And like when I'm doing my abstract stuff, I prefer to go into it basically with no plan and just let everything flow out of me. Like um, whatever, whatever happens, happens. And that becomes very much a channeling, channeling type of experience. I had this one really cool Actually, this is like completely different, but I had this one really cool moment with um, a, I did a drawing of a dog for, I was a dog walker for a little while, and I had a dog um, that I walked for about a year, 
and then they they had like a job change and they didn't need me to walk their dog anymore because the lady was working from home and um and she reached out to me one day and she said oh our little piper is really sick and we're gonna have to put her down and we just wanted to let you know because you know had that we you had this great relationship with this dog and um and I was like really sad about it and I wanted to like do something for her so I did a little drawing of this little dog named Piper and mailed it to her with a little note about how happy her dog always was and like how much I loved her and then um shortly after I mailed that out she came back and sent me this text message and was like oh my god you have no idea we were looking for an artist to do this exact drawing wow. and wow. she was like wow. we we were looking for someone we like it was just a simple sketchbook paper pencil drawing and she said we looked at so many different artists and they all had these like crazy styles and we were about to give up and then all of a sudden it just appeared in the mail mm. wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. so yeah like there's definitely moments of, of channeling that happen oh wow yeah i've seen it with other artists too yeah like um I, there were a couple people at our studio who i just and casually in conversation they said like they felt like they were channeling when they do art or they need cer certain like circumstances that seem very ritualistic when they do art because they need to like get into that like space. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've heard people claim all the arts like that people are drawing in music and acting for sure. We were just talking about actors. Sometimes I call my abstract pieces energy readings because yeah. I I've noticed that like the energy that's around me while I'm working on it has absolutely has an out an effect on the outcome of the painting. Mm. Yeah. You could do like um have you ever or have you ever done like an intention with the art, like kind of make it a spell almost like pulling in the energy and then having this is what the art is going to like this is the energy that the art is going to produce in the room that it's in mm. and then like intentional yeah like, like teal swan's frequency paintings oh there oh, you go she yeah, yeah yeah i there was a girl we had on a long time ago i don't remember the artist's name but she referenced an artist who does the heart paintings mm. um and she like will do the heart paintings and like the aura paintings and she can like that's like a part of her thing wow wow but that, that's yeah. awesome I love that. we're at an hour is there anything else you'd like to tell listeners before we um close the episode hmm. follow your heart people <laughs> <laughs> um so stephanie's art show is november 11th at the red fishbowl we'll have information down below and um yeah we have breaking next so thanks yeah. for listening guys Thank you. <laughs>